Hello and welcome to the Lost Out Podcast. I'm your host, Trent Casaberry, and I'm here again with Kendrick and Brown. Hey! hey Go ahead up? and grab the mics and then uh, introduce yourselves. Say hello. Say hello to the people. Hey, this is me, Brown. I don't know. You got, you got all mellow. You were all hyped a second ago, dude. <laughs> yeah, this is Kendrick again. What's good? Glad you're right. back. Yeah, yeah, we're back, back in action. Otis T. I just want to say I'm super happy to have you guys back again because that episode that we recorded um, uh, recently was like probably one of my favorites. Like, it was fun. I had a good time talking about it. Too. I had a wonderful time talking about it. Yeah. Don't forget to grab the mics whenever you whenever you speak. Like at least I had a wonderful time talking about it. Talk. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to make sure because I know the last time whenever I was editing, I was like, man, it's like we were, we were all we were all kind of like sitting. We yeah, were, we were just all over the place. We were so in our, yeah, yeah. We were all over the place. Like yeah, we were so like invested in the conversation, we forgot all about oh, like that we were recording. Yeah, that was that was funny. Super funny. <laughs> all right, so the topic that we have today is uh it's gonna be a pretty contentious which is a controversial topic um there's something that because i when i'm when when i'm working we always have the tv on and out here living in uh living in japan there's a like a, a station that you can go to that's basically it covers every single news organization right so every every platform of news so it'd be msnbc cnn fox news abc like everything and they all say the same thing they're all the same stories but they're back to back to back to back to back and so the biggest story recently was about uh slave reparations um so what that is is i want you guys to define it and uh i'm just going to be asking questions for the most part and maybe like putting in my two cents here and there because honestly i don't really know there's a lot there's a lot to unpack in this that people like to put one blanket statement on an issue that is a lot more multifaceted from my perspective so go ahead we'll start with brown i we watched a video so if you could at least speak about the video that i sent then um, you can see it was one person that was um, during the courts. They they get they had their time, and he kind of was against it or for it. And then people are for it. Yeah. So okay, Kendrick, you want to start it off? Yeah, with? It's fine. All it's right, about, Kendrick, uh, go ahead. Tell me what you think. It's about a Democrat who was talking about uh, speaking about uh, reparations, and he was talking about how. Uh, so he, what is a slave reparations? Slave for reparations anybody, is if, if pretty much anybody that does. It's like a form know, of reimbursement so. for like uh, how much work the slaves have done over the the um, history of the United States of America or America in general. Wait, can I show it? Yeah, of course, of course. Uh, so I was actually doing, my bad, I'm sorry, I kind of hit his knee there. So I was doing uh, some research on reparations um, about a day or two ago and reparations are pretty much like, I guess you can break it down as a financial apology for uh, American atrocities. So things that happened throughout American history that America wasn't necessarily proud of. A really common reparation that a lot of people know is uh, with the Native Americans, how we came over here and we pretty much took their land from them. We forced them to move. We killed off a lot of their people. And because of that, because of that blood stain in American history, we ended up giving them Native American settlements. We ended up giving them a lot of the land that you can find them at today, such as like Oklahoma or Alaska, things like that. And that's all reparations is. It could be for a number of, uh, number of things. I know they gave it to 
black men who were abused by police in Chicago. It was given to a group of people that were sterilized from a eugenics program back in the 80s. Oh, wow. It could be That's crazy. even... I got to look into that. That's crazy. Man. Even Japanese-Americans that were... Uh, <laughs> They, they had racial prejudice put against them because of the attacks on Pearl Harbor. They got put into labor camps and things like that, and they got targeted just because of their race. Uh, and people like that, they get reparations because, you know, it's, it's an awful part of American history, and they want to formally apologize in the best way and make up for it in the best way they know how, and usually that involves money. And I, I'm passing it back to you. Yeah, so let's see your take. Your was definition. It, was it the original, the original like uh, reparation? Like it was like forty acres and a mule. Yeah, which yeah, back then, your... which back then was was huge. Yeah, it was a big, it was deal, a big yeah. deal, but it never happened. It didn't happen. And now the population no. of like you know of like Black Americans like yeah, we're way more than what it used it. to be. Yeah, still yeah. fight for reparations. Yeah, this is most likely going to segue into like the, the systematic. Racism, which, which yeah, which it, it, it kind of right. has to as part of the history itself. Yeah, which yeah. I, it's it's still going on today. Yeah, from my uh, my limited knowledge on the sus, on yeah. the on the subject, um, there, it's there's no denying individual racism, right? That that happens. Yeah, and of course. There are people that are you know stereotypical, and, and they definitely need to be checked, and they need to be held accountable for, um, their I guess lack of human value, right? Um, and just immoral actions and, and I don't know, everyone, everyone's entitled to their own opinion, right? But when that, when the, your opinion becomes action against somebody else uh, that's unlawful, then it needs to be addressed. Of course. I'm 100%, right? So, um, but when it comes to systemic issues and uh, institutional racism, there, I think there's so much to unpack that... I don't really know. And they're just like, I just went the limited amount of research that I was trying to get to the heart of things was so, it was so biased into one extreme or another. Right. So there was, there really wasn't like a, an article that I could find that was completely like looking back at the historics, looking back at the, the statistics about uh, from when, all this started since after slavery was abolished mm. to now. Here are the the full stats and finding an article without going without going so deep to where I had to have ten plus articles on my tabbed out and have to puzzle piece it all together. Yeah, it's hard because it's such a touchy subject. People are like real emotional about it too. Right. It, yeah. I think that it is a very emotional. Um, and for some people, yeah. maybe most of us, it's hard not to be. They get right. like real hardcore about it. But my question yeah. is, can, like, is it the government's job? Or no, let me, let me, st- let me, let me recant what yeah, I yeah. said. It's, can you fix this emotional problem, right? Mm-hmm. And, and it is, there is, I'm not, I'm not going to deny, it, there yeah. is some things that, that need to be addressed. But if it's mainly emotional, it, there's no policy, in my opinion, there's no policy you can place, no reparations that you could pay that's going to fix the animosity behind it, right? And the feelings that fluctuate. I agree with you there. I don't think, like, uh, when it comes to reparations, the, po- like, the population is, like, the black population is way bigger than it was. Yeah. On top of that, like, even if we were paid re- reparations, I don't think there'd be a large number of people who would, like, misuse or wouldn't even use it effectively anyway, like the money. Uh, most of it is like 
I guess most of the stuff that the black community faces now, in like my opinion, from my personal experience, is more like of a community thing rather than like, uh, and maybe also like facing the government when it comes to the judicial system. Mm-hmm. But other than that, like, I don't think, rep- personally, I don't think the reparations will help at this point. Yeah. It's more so, about like, uh, I guess, teamwork and coming together as a community now, in my opinion. Yeah. yeah. I actually had uh, an interesting conversation with some of my coworkers when I brought um when I brought reparations up to them and they were real cool about it really open and uh one of them had a really good point they said that America makes up a lot of uh immigrants and upon these immigrants are african citizens and it's obvious that if we base reparations off of a dna test to uh to, to an African descent that was enslaved and you have this foreigner from Africa, could they be entitled to reparations? You know, how would it work? What rules will we have to set to really balance who gets what? You know, it would definitely cause a lot of issues and commotion in the community that you're trying to help and apologize to. Yeah. And overall, it would be more bad than it would be good it would be hard to say who gets what and why they got it and why people didn't and they struggled with that with a lot of different reparations uh like you you thought the eugenics program was interesting the one that happened in the 80s yeah so about don't quote me on this number but it was somewhere between 1500 and 2000 people that actually received reparations for that give or take (laughs) <laughs> yeah 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 definitely that's, that's no it was it was definitely, definitely between saying, like eh, I don't really it was definitely sure, between those two numbers it. yeah no 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 give or take you know, it was more than 1500 less than 2000 uh that received reparations but there were more than that they got sterilized through this program but they had a real technicality there was a, a county clinic that was sterilizing patients as well so they affected more than the amount that got money back but because of that technicality, a lot of them didn't qualify, even though they were suffering just as much as the people who did get the money. So it's just something to consider that uh, that they will have to find a way to make it fair. They will try to give it to the most people they can, but it won't be everyone. There will be some people who felt that they deserve it who won't get it. And it's something that you got to take into consideration. Another coworker of mine had another good point. And that was that if they do pass reparations, and if it were up to him, he wouldn't give anybody any money. The way that he would go about it is that he would clear debt, like all black debt. If you got outstanding credit debt, if you got student loans, if you have something crazy going on that's, that's just destroying your financial stability, then have that cleared. Hit so up like the company, even, clear would that, all that, would that debt. Include like mortgage payments and stuff. Like how much? Like there has to Any, be a line that's drawn. Yeah, yeah, there, yeah. Right? No, no, no. And he he mentioned that too. He said you don't have to pay off, you know, my my housing loan or nothing like that. But anything that's keeping me from financial opportunity, if I'm getting denied by credit companies, if I'm getting denied loans, if if it's keeping me from starting my own small business, how about you help me out by clearing that up? And giving me a, a clean slate to start off on. He said that know. would be way more beneficial than giving me the money. I think, I yes. I, I, I definitely do agree on a little, bit, I, I a little really, bit of that. But I think there is a, like, 
the, it has to be clearing debts based off of incentivation, or that's probably not even a word. Uh, something that is, you have to have incentive to do to want to do something, right? So, if for instance, like college I mean, you know, loans and stuff like that, like, yes, that, yeah, it is. If you can it, go to and college, then plus, it, you know, who's to say that you, don't you have to might? Worry about the fact that you're bringing it up. Yeah, you know, you don't have to worry about being in debt for the rest of your life, and you have like, and, and what you're going for is going to have some form of security. Then you're being, a, you're, like, yeah, you have incentive to go, right? Because you're not going to be in the hole when you do. So, but, but taking away like all your debts completely, then it it's wouldn't like, be all your debts completely. No, it would just help out. It would. I'm, I'm pretty sure they would boil it down to certain debts. Like I, like the example I gave is credit. There's a lot of uh, people in my own family that struggle with credit card debt, they are terrible with money. And they probably were spending money recklessly when they're young and they're finding out when they're older that maybe I shouldn't have done that. And now they're so deep in the hole that they do they do need that help. You know, they they could help themselves. You never know how to do it right unless you clean your... But that's the thing about reparations. It's not them depending on the government. It's not them asking Uncle Sam to give them a hand and pull them out of this hole. It's the government stepping in and saying... What can we do to make up for this ugly history that we've had in our country? What happened to your what happened to your ancestors, what happened to your people wasn't right. It wasn't cool. We did you dirty. We treated you like less than citizens. And we want to make up for it the best way that we can. How can we do that? And this is the idea that that my coworker had and I think that it's a wonderful idea. I think it's way better than just handing X amount of people this amount of money and just watching them do what they do, yeah. Um, you got something to add? Yeah. You add some stuff, Get your yeah, yeah, to, here. yeah. To be honest, I'm not gonna lie. Like, even like, even as I get older, like I might be personally, I'm not the best with money, but I have some sort of like financial literacy and understanding. Like, you can't just be spending whatever because yeah. you know frivolous. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, but but then again, there's a lot of people in the black community who have no idea, like not the slightest idea when it comes to yeah. financial literacy and just blow it because you know a lot of. You know, a lot of young kids who were like huge in the rap scene and stuff, like gangbang and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. But personally, I never lived that life, so I'm not trying to blanket, yeah, you know, part of the black culture or anything like that. Yeah. yeah. But I'm just saying, like, it's factual. Like, dudes don't know how to spend money, and like, mm-hmm. so that they'll ruin themselves in the process. Yeah. It's if like, we're just giving a, a large sum of money at one time. I promise this is going to be short, but it has it hits on what you're saying. Yeah. That that is something that I I I I recognize that clout is very very like i don't know if i didn't even know what clout yeah, it's a strong influence yeah. yo but like, i didn't, in black I didn't culture, even know but like, it's yeah it's it's re- presentation and representation so yeah. like how you're represented and how you represent yourself and your presentation to other people mm. is so important in the black community from what i've yeah. seen all right and i could be wrong but streetwear no. having stuff that people don't have yeah. that is so important for status purposes. No, right? you're, you're completely right. Bases. Uh, so what I've seen, right? And I could be wrong. I haven't looked at the stats on it, but from what I've gathered, it is huge. Clout and, you know, like there's so many terms that ju- are either relatively recent or I just haven't been surrounded. I haven't been, you know, uh, around it. Yeah, like dripping, you know, like <laughs> swag is a, that, that's where my cutoff was, dude. After swag, I had I couldn't keep up. There's so many like terms that all pretty much mean the same thing is that you have presentation and representation. You have status because of what you have 
that is generally expensive and it's it's hard to come by and that's why streetwear is so huge you know anyway go ahead brown sorry oh i was just gonna tell you about uh just like what you're saying there's a lot of people who give off that appearance and it is really common uh one thing that i saw a lot back when i was living in texas is these broke down vehicles on the side of the road but these weren't just any broke down cars these things had the most chromed over exaggerated giant rams on them they'd have the sleekest paint job i'm talking like the uh, glittering flakes with the flames on it they'd have the whole interior decked out this car looked like it was something off of tv like pin my ride yeah. like it was something off of too fast too furious and that's what's crazy because like we watched boys in the hood right and i looked at it because we watched yeah. it. remember how he was like doing his he was like uh what's that what's that called Suspend, uh, hydraulics, hydraulics yeah yeah, yeah it's Dude, a big this, thing this car is how much is how much is that and he's like yeah dude i I got no money nothing like that i got i gotta sling this dope to make it big like dude how much did you invest in you could probably buy a house with all that and that's and that's what i want to get into in a nice neighborhood or something i don't know no no and and that's the that's the exact point that i'm hitting is that so much money would go into these cosmetics you would look at these vehicles and think like wow these things look awesome like they look like they could be at a car show they look like they could be in a movie but they run terrible the whole inside is just beat up and now you're stranded now you're over here protecting your car because you know if you leave it alone someone's going to come over here and take these things yeah out of your car and uh and i think that that's the mindset that a lot of people have where they want to look like they have money they want to look like they have everything together like they're just have this never-ending wallet but really they're struggling harder than anyone else or even more than anyone else yeah so what is it worth it's just a mask right i mean i don't know it it could play into a lot of different things who was to say but it is a very common mindset for people to want to look a certain way but it's not who they are really it is it is more of like a mask it is something that if you didn't know me you would think this is going on but if you did know me you would see right past it yeah yeah so after i watched because uh, honestly like i've seen the memes and stuff for, for boys in the hood and i watched it with brown kendrick mm-hmm. and um i never actually i've seen bits and pieces of it yeah um that were like in memes and you shout know other stuff side, yeah and, like, <laughs> like shout outs and stuff so everyone knows it like ricky like and it's always yeah. something like Oh, okay. Some some kind of satire <laughs> yeah, 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 or some yeah, crazy yeah, yeah, stuff, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? And I I I knew that. So I've heard of like you know Boys in the Hood, and mm-hmm. I heard of that that specific scene. Yeah. But I never actually watched the entire thing. And so Ryan was like, we found it on Netflix, and we we're hanging out, and uh, yeah. and he was like, you want to watch this? And I was like, oh, I mean, I guess, yeah, sure. And we watched it, and I was like, well, for one, the first like yeah. set, the first few scenes, they see like a dead body. And it, they're just so. In the beginning, they they were quiet and kind of like reverence to a loss of a life. Mm-hmm. But then it shifted so dramatically when um, this other group of you know people that are just hanging out in the in in the alleyway come up and they're like, well, "This is a dead body right here." And then he's like, "So," and they just kind oh, of yeah. like that's a real thing, man. Yeah, exactly. But like that's, like, that's the thing that's kind of like fucked up. Too, that's what I'm saying. But but yeah. but young kids aren't supposed to be seeing shit like that, yo. Yeah, oh, excuse my language, but stuff no, no, like no that, it's yeah. fine. It's fine. I I, I it, this is the this is something I'm passionate about yeah. too. So if you, you know, that's some stuff, don't apologize. Yeah. But 
Um, what I was trying to go with it was, it, it really was, I, I, I really enjoyed that movie. It was very, mm-hmm. very eye-opening, right? Yeah. And my question after watching the movie was to Brown, and I was like, so how do we fix that? All of that, right? How does how does America fix that? It's gonna be extremely difficult. Do we do that through policy? Do we do that mentality change? And I have an idea, but Mm -hmm. I want to hear your guys's like, like how would you fix it if you could? If you had kind of equipment, right? Uh, I just want to say one more time, you know, reparations is the topic. I I know that we're gonna get all out of hand, but I don't want the listener to think that that we're gonna associate this with reparations because it's not going to fix any of these issues even even the black community knows that reparations won't fix the problems that are going on it is just a way of having a sincere apology that's all it is that's all it's ever been used for yeah and they've apologized about it a few times throughout history but this is this is finally the reparations that they've given other groups of people who have gone through horrible things in american history and now it's now it's time for slavery to come up again and a lot of people think that it won't get approved but even if it does they're fully aware that all these long-term problems they're not they're not getting fixed not by this uh and that's all i have to say yeah you have a closing remark on that before we segue into how to fix no, that's fair I yeah it's just like like reparations right now at this point in time would be like putting band-aid on an open gash or yeah, open yeah. Wound right now or like literally ripping open a gash, pouring salt in it, and then throwing a bandaid on it. That's how I see it. It's like, yeah, that's like, I mean, it probably yeah, add more. Yeah, it's happened. Like, and, yeah. and, and like a lot of leading psychologists say that you have to, you do have to face your past, and have forgiveness for people that have wronged you before you can move forward. I'm glad you brought right? that up because there's people like in America who like completely deny that. Like, yeah, they don't even like want to, don't even want to talk about slavery yeah. or anything like that because mm-hmm. like, you know, some people feel absolutely disgusted. They yeah. Don't, they don't want to talk about it. Like, there's some people who, uh, my bad. It's fine. No, no, because there's some people who put themselves in the shoes of the slave. They see that, they hear about that, and they put themselves in the shoes of those people who were enslaved. So when they look at someone else who looks like the slave master, you can imagine what shoes they're putting them in. And that's the that's the issue with the mindset of a lot of Americans is they're thinking that history of the past is happening today the way it was back then when it isn't the case you know it's completely different it's a whole different battle and that that's the only comment yeah my my thing is i try to look at it on a from a family perspective and i know it's probably a really strange way of putting it but um when it comes to like reparations it's so say I have a really bad relationship, abusive relationship with my father. Say I did that, right? Yeah. And then my father, um, we're estranged, right? We don't really talk. I do my thing. He does his thing. We don't really have no kind of like association, whatever. He ends up feeling bad about it. And then he sends me a check for $100,000 and says, I'm sorry for the past, right? Do yeah. I forgive him because of the money? Is right. that going to change? Nah, nah, yeah, it's not going to. Yeah. That's not what you I want. You should really forgive him before the money, yeah, obviously. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. what I'm saying. So what needs, what needs to change is a realization that this did happen. No one likes it. Not No one that's living today likes it. Um, well, that's that's a pretty blanket way. There are people that 
are still like for or against or whatever. Yeah. But those are individuals which are, don't make up the majority, right? So in general, we don't like that. It's a stain on America and yeah. our history, Absolutely. right? No one likes it. Why can't we all come to terms that no one likes it? It happened. It sucked. Now, what can we do to fix the problems that are of today instead yeah. of trying to, you know, apologize for the past when it's over? Yeah, that, that's actually how I feel about yeah. it too. Like you can only you can only do so much. You know what I mean? Well, money, money, forward. reparations, money. It's about, like it's about focusing it's on, on the issues that are happening now. Yeah. To the black community. Yeah. The, we, need, we need each other yeah. more than ever. Uh, so now we can finally segue into my question. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'll go for it. No, that, that was the question. Oh, okay. my, my, the, the previous question that I had is like, so in, in the like, well, poverty stricken communities, mm-hmm. right? Not yeah. necessarily the, like um, the black community or like even other st- like poverty stricken yeah. communities. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. How can we fix that to, to, to basically give people a fighting chance or kind of bridge the gap between, well, what we perceive as poverty? Because poverty from American standards versus poverty from third world countries is it's amazingly different right so if you go into um other countries and you see how destitute these people are and they're still surviving on literally nothing how and they're still walking around happy you know just to be alive it's so we have it pretty good and i'm not trying to make light of people that are struggling yes there's struggle but we want to make things better we're constantly trying to progress and move forward and give everybody a fighting chance right that is the heart of our nation that was literally what we were founded on for freedom and the pursuit of happiness which is that we can break that down later because i don't think it's really more pursuit of happiness it's more of a pursuit of meaning and purpose and and just being okay financially stable you know and having the freedom to do so and to pursue whatever we we deem is important to us right but that is the heart of our nation right so we're trying to fix things so how do we do it uh, I've had a lot of supervisors in my life, and, and some of my favorite supervisors are the ones where if I mess up, if something's going on at work, they don't get mad at me. They don't point the finger. They say, okay, this happened. This sucks. We got set back. Where do we go from here? And those are my favorite types of supervisors right there. They don't care about whose fault it is. They want to know who has an idea. How are we going to get out of this mess? It's already happened. It's clear. And and I think that that honestly is the best approach that we have for fixing a lot of communities like that. I feel like uh, one thing that we're lacking is that we don't want to figure out. I I mean, that's that's I'll take that back. There are people out there who want to try to figure things out, but there's a lot of obstacles in their way. They may not understand the politics in those communities. They may not understand uh, good avenues they could take for it. There's a lot of confusion, and we, we need each other. You know, We need to come together more than ever. We don't need to stop here and say, this is your fault. This all derived from this point in time. This all derived from... Uh, the place that you put me in, this all happened because of the color of this and the color of that. We don't need to be like that. We need to come together and really start pitching ideas, really start voicing the direct issues. The issue isn't that I'm black and you're white. The issue is that I have a hard time getting employed. I have a hard time getting a loan. I have a hard time 
finding affordable property. I have a hard time finding a job to support a better lifestyle than the one I'm living now, which isn't very good. We're all very unhappy. We're all very uh, envious because we see you living your life this way and we're living our lives this way. I think that the community needs more leaders. I think that the issue that we have is even if there are leaders that come from communities like that, as soon as they make it somewhere, as soon as they get mildly successful in their life, the first thing they want to do is leave. They want to leave and never come back because they know if they stay there, the community is going to turn against them. A lot of times of people who make too much money, they end up getting robbed. They end up getting their house broken into. They end up getting held for ransom. They end up going through a lot of crazy stuff because people want what they feel they can't have. But we can have that. We just have to go about it the right way. So I, I feel like those are a few issues that we need to clear up, and then we can go from there. Uh, do you have anything to add to that? Yeah. What do you What do you think? That yes. We could do I think a lot of that greed is like short term thinking too. Like a lot of people yeah. definitely aren't looking at the long term spectrum of what can of what can be done in the future. Right. Um. Like 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 the black community like internally is like hella separated. It's like oh, it's, it's so. Which, but that's like now so many subgroups. I, yeah, it's like subgroups yeah. upon subgroups. Yeah. Like side side note to that too is like, but yes, I agree, and everyone sees it. But what's projected is United Front, though, because if yes. it becomes to Broadway's like like big big issues, right? Right? Mm -hmm. Everyone seems to come together then. Nah, dude. But not, no not one's at looking. Now you would think nah, so. You would think not, so, not as much not, as you would think. Am I wrong? Yeah. So you are absolutely how, wrong. How yeah, you're wrong, wrong about though. that, yo. Yeah. Like where, uh, no, like if you can unpack that and because I, I honestly yeah. don't know. This is why no. I love being so, doing this because I want to be like, if I'm wrong, dude, you tell me. No, tell no. Me why so and how. Yeah. So I could definitely relate to this portion. Uh, one thing that I respect about Kendrick is that when I do have my opinion about these things, he isn't like a lot of other people. A lot of people will see that my skin is a lot lighter than theirs and they'll tell me that I may not understand it the way they understand it. I may, especially when I say something that they don't agree with, my skin color definitely comes into play then. They're like, dude, of course you would say that. Like, look at you. I bet you got it this way and that way. I've had people tell me about light skin privilege. I've had people tell me that even in history of slavery, light skin yeah, dudes like, were like always in the house, that kind of stuff. Yeah, and also, it. too, when it comes to, like, people who aren't, like, in the black community and from the outside looking in, like, I got friends who are mixed, who are told by, like, by, by like whites that, like, you don't have an opinion on the subject because you're not fully black. But that's, that's honestly, that's irrelevant to the conversation yeah, as well because if you have right. any black DNA, you know, any yeah. black features, you're obviously black. Like, yeah. have, being light-skinned or, like, won't change that fact either. Yeah. Absolutely not. Yeah, but there's a lot of people who are really ignorant about that idea. Like, it actually matters, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's great. That, that is no, and it's not even just lighter-skinned people, too. You got even dark-skinned black people who get alienated just for being too different, just for having different views, for dressing different. Maybe you're not into the hip-hop scene as much as they are. Maybe you're more into the skater and the rocker scene. And it, the moment you open your mouth up, in a, lot of the in a lot of the communities that we're describing, they just... You have a lot of backlash for it where you don't even want to open your mouth. You don't even want to express yourself the way that you want to because you feel trapped. You're in this box of 
black identity and you're stuck there and it it sucks you can't really form your own opinion you just have to have the broad opinion of the community that you're in i'm starting to see what you're what you're saying because i think this is something that i i remember having a conversation about and it was let's see how how do i well where do i where do i actually build off of that one um it was like kind of going back to where we were saying, you see someone doing doing well, yeah, right. And people yeah. get envious, right? Yeah. And then, so it almost is. It almost looks to be. It's perceived as a betrayal when you're doing well or it, you're exactly. educating yeah. yourself. Because the black and you culture start using language, is supposedly, is you to become be more hard ass times all yeah. the time. Yeah. You, be, yeah. you go to like you go to school or you do self taught stuff and you mm-hmm. become more literate. And then they're just all like. Man, you're just a what was it, Uncle, Uncle Tom. Tom? Uncle Tom, right? Yeah. I heard that. I didn't even know what that meant. Yeah. I, mean, I know it's old literature. It's old literature, it's or relatively so old. Often, but as that that is the go-to is that you're an Uncle, Uncle Tom. It's like, do you want to get out of where you're at? Yeah. Because obviously that's not working. It's just like a you massive. Why sense do you of attack it? Because people attack. See, that's the deal. Yeah. But you'll see this. It's like yeah. think of it this way, right? So I'm living in a house with my family. Right. Say I'm yeah. still growing. I'm still living in the house with my family and I'm a kid. Right. And I decide I want to clean my room. I don't want to make it immaculate. And I've been told to clean my room. The rest yeah. of the house is a disaster. Yeah. Right. And I'm talking like bad. There's clothes thrown all over the place. Yeah. You know, like there's someone attempted to fold the clothes on the couch and they just decided to leave it after like the second sock was folded. Right. So think of it that way. You just imagine a house that's like completely just just run down looking, you know. Yeah. Could be clean. Could be like immaculate yeah. if they wanted to. Right. But I decide I want to clean my room and I want to make it beautiful, like in order and decorate it the way I want it to, to mm-hmm. decorate it. Right. I do that majority of the time the rest of the family members are going to say they're going to get mad at you 100 i knew you were going with this too they're going to be like yo so so you think cause you're yeah, because yeah because you're, you're setting a standard yeah that's which like, really it was your choice yeah you just wanted to fix your space right but then they look at you and you're basically attacking them when you're not really attacking them you're yeah. just trying to fix yourself it's just it's yeah. just right? a big but they see it as an attack because Man, they dog, i'll tell you bro this yeah. is like all over the community because it's like a huge sense it's a like, Absolutely, like, it's like a, it's a huge stream of insecurities, yo. One hundred percent. You could get into Harvard, and maybe you'll have two or three that are proud of you, and the other, and the and the, the other rest. ones will be like, "Oh, so you think you're better than us? Hanging out with all these smart white people? Yeah, you think exactly. you think you're gonna get yo, out of here and yo, just judge us? Yeah. So, it is so <laughs> annoying, like yeah. trying to be black in the black community and trying to be different, yo. Yeah. And so, yeah. Like, yeah, yo, like it's just uh, there's a lot of repercussions behind that. Yeah, yo. <laughs> I'll show you to be different. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That this is so... we're struggling for being different, but I'll show you to be different than the different. <laughs> <laughs> And that's what I'm saying. Like this, this issue is so multifaceted, and it has it has a lot, a lot to do with you know the past that's that's you know kind of still carrying on to the present, right? Yeah. And then a lot of it has to do with the culture and just what's going on right now in on an individual mentality, right? Yes. And so to fix it is so multifaceted that it's you it. have to address each thing individually to actually see progress and. There is no one solution. There is no paying reparations that's going to fix a problem. You know what I mean? Yep. So my take, uh, 
well, going back to like, how would you fix it? How would you, I fix it? If you could really think of, and it doesn't have to be perfect because you I mean, oh, I've been thinking just, about this for a long time. I got okay, you. so how would you fix it if you could? If you so, had like the authority to say, this is what we're going to do to fix it. It doesn't have to necessarily be policy, but just say you have influence. Right? Okay. Oh, yeah, that's that's a big thing is influence and leadership and like pulling pulling groups of people who are from the streets and who are come, who come from like higher income homes who are from the black community and they should come together and make like some kind of like coalition and yeah. educate the rest of the black community and stuff like that. But the problem with that is, you know, when when black leaders get too high in influence, most times they're they're killed off. Yeah. You know, Malcolm X and okay, yeah. Nipsey Hustle dude making a fantastic yeah. example of what it means Shoot. to be in the streets and then be a businessman in the streets and still living at home and have an influence like around your your you have a sphere of influence where you're from and he even, was killed. Even triple A the time, man. That's why I yeah. think I really did I really do like what you what you just said was you were talking about coalition. Exactly. From every walk. Yeah. Right? Yes. So highly respected individuals in every district. Right, so town, city, whatever state, yeah, gang, no, anything, no, coming no. together and 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 really going out into it. Yo, I just got this crazy idea. Okay, yeah. So, yeah. okay, okay, I want y'all level with me here. I got it. Imagine, imagine if America did this. Okay, imagine. So you know, there's these high end communities, there's these high end neighborhoods. Where it's just like politicians, actors, you know, I'm talking about your uh, LA. <laughs> yeah, I'm talking about your Calabasas. Uh, I'm talking about your LA communities. So imagine this, man. Imagine if we built super cheap, like hood houses, super affordable homes next to these big mansions with pools and stuff. Imagine if we built these little cheap little shanty houses where anyone could live in. In those communities where it was like trickled in, like you would you would have a house here, you would have a house there, and between these mansions would be these tiny little homes that you would see in the hood, and anybody could live in it. I'm talking like the mortgage isn't crazy or anything, and you got these low income people living among rich communities. Do you feel like eventually these personalities would mesh, that these cultures would mesh, that they would have? A better understanding for each other and maybe they could see directly what these people are talking about just off how they live like look at this ugly looking thing next to my mansion what is going on here they want to walk next door what is going on like where's your gardener where where's your pool like what's i can't afford all that no one cares about your yeah what do you need go back in what do you mean you can't afford that like where's your where's your trust fund where's your business like how are you living here the Property costs this much, and my job just pays this much. You know, how do you think something like that would play out if we started doing that? I have an opinion. I want to hear yours first, though. That would be super rocky at first, because there are people who who like you know have like a lot of money who are really like yeah who pretentious who pay a lot yeah. to get away from yeah who pay a lot like to get yeah. away they from either like, were born into it or yeah, exactly. they, 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 they look down they, they did look, climb yeah. they look down on people like that like yeah. like They're harshly like, I, too. I, but they don't I worked know my butt yeah. off to thing. get yeah they just general they generalize on what they hear and what they see on TV. They imagine them smelling like crap. Yeah, exactly. Even even like the rich and well educated and wealthy, like sometimes they get biased as well and think that the people who are poorer than them are like just like utter trash yeah so like, it works both like on, ways even on an intellectual level they say that somebody down at the, that that's literally really it's just kind of well they're it's it's all situational they really yes. haven't had the opportunity to 
to really do kind of some self-reflection or because they've, they've like either really just trying to survive and just make it ends meet. And yeah, there's people they haven't had time, time to really exactly. try to think about what can I do. Yeah. So someone who was born into like, oh, well, wealth, like, kind of like these trust fund kids or or like just people that that, that were, I guess, like born into like just even middle class and then worked their way up. Yes, they worked hard to get up there. But when you start at the bottom and you work and you're trying to work your way up, a very few people are able to do that and it takes a really strong will that even people that are living in those communities that were to, that you were describing yeah didn't have to put that much effort into it like they, they put in effort i'm not saying that they didn't yeah but at the level of somebody who climbed from the bottom it's kind of minuscule my my whole thing is that just like you guys described these people have a stereotype in their head about these different uh social groups whether it be a race whether it be your financial income they have this perceived image that goes through their mind and a lot of them don't get to see these communities a lot of these, they don't get to see these people face to face they they live far away from them these people in these broke communities there's no rich man in sight that's why when one comes around everybody goes crazy they either flock around them or they plot against them and same thing with rich people they're either in a rush to get away from you or they are they thinking that you're in there trying to steal something? Yeah. I think that if we had mixed income communities where even if a if a rich community only had like three affordable houses to uh to a lower status family, I think that that would expose them to the fact that we're not so different, that we're all so struggling. I haven't I, you know, can I expand Yeah, on yeah, your, yeah. Go for it, idea? go for it. Can I expand on your idea? Absolutely. So like say go I want to add it. to it. Yeah. So basically, it's like a rent house, right? Low, low. I would say make it a rent house, right? So Super low, low rent. Yeah, yeah low rent. But it's not. You're yeah, never yeah, gonna. Yeah, yeah. What sure. I'm saying is, they're never gonna be able to own that house, right? But they were. They can. They rent it out for as long as they possible, like yeah. as long as they want, right? Go beyond a, diversity. Or at least, at least have yeah. a cutoff. But yeah. here's the deal: yeah, if it was gonna be a semi-social experiment, I think from because here's something that I realized on on a on a psychological level. Right. Yeah. Or when it comes to relationships with people or just the people that you hang out with, your friends. Right. Yeah. So I was saying this to you, Kendrick, before um, Brown showed up, it was you've everyone's heard the saying, or at least most people have, uh, that a friend among fools becomes a fool. Yes. Right. Yeah. So <clears throat> the opposite of that is like if you're if you get hang into a friend group, a friend group success. with people that have their ass, their, their, their crap together. Right. They are, they're, they're, they're very intellectual people that. or they're very spiritual people like fellowship and like churches and stuff like that. If you, if that is the main influence that you have, the main friend group that you have, the people that you associate with yeah. are those type of people. You will be influenced by those people exactly. and you will have that rub off on You're you. You're surrounded right? by bums. You a bum. So if I you're think that it really depends. I think that you yeah. said it was going to be rocky in the beginning. I agree with you. I yeah. think that initially it will be a shock to those people that are in those communities. But I think that given time, mm -hmm. when they actually take the time to get to know each other, right? And they're both open to that, mm -hmm. getting to know each other. They start spending time with these people that did climb out of that. Oh, they're and usually, usually that'll yeah. happen to the children too. The children are going to become friends before the parents do. Yeah. Yeah, most yes. most times, right? So that's, the, that's in my opinion, yeah. that's like, that's the main, the yeah. main like goal for the black community is to get the children involved, like to set the children, yeah. obviously. Yeah, to see like, all a, the a better, a better education system mm -hmm. and like more open-minded parents is a big one. Yeah. Because like when I was growing up, 
I couldn't uh, have decent conversations with my mom because she would think it was an argument or I was attacking her or something like that. And I'm just trying to answer a question or get my point across to why I think she's incorrect. Yeah. And I'm correct or or vice versa. But so she, she always saw like inherently saw, Yeah, so she saw it was an attack and she would like yell at me all the time. And I'm, I'm not the only one with this problem. So like it, yeah. it leaves a distrust for like parents and whatnot and well, like and, and like also it kids even bring up your issues or, well or well it's because it's relevant is what i'm saying like because yeah. like it is they can't yeah. like they uh yeah like do you know who you're talking to do you know who i am yeah, yeah. like why you are you have, talking to me you don't like have that? kids like, who you have can properly place. like put forth yeah. their ideas and so they become like sometimes stunted in communication and stuff like that and yeah. it also stop them from like moving forward as well yeah being yeah. open about their ideas exactly so they hold fear yeah yeah oh one thing that i want to say is uh and this is just i think that it could benefit from both sides so if you have these low-income families in high-end neighborhoods not only would they benefit from it but i feel like the rich would benefit from it as well they would be exposed to a different mindset a different way of thinking a different culture a different style a different more assertive approach on things and uh and i think they could benefit from it as well i think that we've seen influence take off before our very eyes like i I know you guys uh seen infomercials from the 90s and the early 2000s where people who actively wore these baggy clothes and streetwear were labeled thugs they look like they were up to no goodery you know they look like <laughs> i like that yeah like yeah that. that's a good turn dude yeah I'm yeah they, dude, i'm writing that down right now goodery they, dude I love yeah that. they were good. they would call the cops <laughs> they they'd be shaking in their boots seeing someone dress this way and you look around today in the richest neighborhoods and they can't get enough of streetwear they can't get enough of this style that was exposed to them so long ago they see it as as a really great way of expressing yourself they see it as a really great fashion statement and we all know where that came from we all know the types of people that were wearing that back in the day and where it originated from and now that's become so big it just goes to show you that even if something isn't looked in the most positive light doesn't mean that it won't have its influence on a large group of people yeah that's yeah that's pretty profound man that is actually well said it's like unconscious or subconscious Mm -hmm. or whatever the difference is between those two terms but yeah so yeah you don't realize the influence that other people have on you unless you actually start doing reflection on it i enjoy brown's idea too to be honest i like it a lot so I, intermix, think it is, I think it is i think that like it has different things together. that you need to that it's definitely going to have like mm-hmm. things that you need to really detail you know it's going to it would it would take but i think fundamentally yeah that's a pretty decent idea or at I least I, even if it, you man. even if you pose it as a social experiment yeah right say you pose that as just like a few start small right and, that, and the communities need to know about it too yeah. i think that yeah. everyone should be on board say hey no, we're no, just trying I'm this out like as a social experiment crime. Yeah, and I, see what happens. Yeah, right? I'm talking Deal. like clean criminal record. They are literally just in the gutter, just struggling. Like they cannot make ends meet, and they don't know why. Let's just do it. You know, yeah. let's just build an actual affordable house. You know, in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Of do you remember like that ABC show where they like destroyed the world? Well, not necessarily. Sometimes they didn't, but it was like 
It was like they they destroyed a house and then rebuilt it and then yes. oh, what was yeah, that called? Move that bus! Yeah, yeah, yeah. what was that called? What was that called? What was that show? I don't know. I didn't watch too much TV. I, I like know that. what you're talking about. I don't know what it's called either. But they would they would make their dream home come to life yeah. and then they would surprise them later on. It kind of they would stay in the hotel for like they would stay in a crappy motel for like yeah. two weeks waiting for the house to It'd get built. Like up. It was kind of yeah. like lottery <laughs> lottery like esque, but even like pimp my ride and stuff. Yeah, like that. yeah, like, yeah. It kind of reminds me of that but it's like it's like people people do like go into Man. it everyone's gonna apply and yeah. then it's just gonna basically be I, like a rifle I, and you start small and then see what i'll remember that because they would submit a documentary they'd be like you know my mom's really sick she can only see out her left eye one of her yeah. boobs keeps slapping her knee like she's really going through it <laughs> and you know what would really help her if you built her this fabulous ass house and uh <laughs> and they would go over there and they would hook it up and, and looking back on it, you know, I would think it was so cool as a kid. But now that I'm an adult, I'm like, man, that, that mortgage bill is probably a lot higher than it was before they came around and did all that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Look at the electricity <laughs> yeah. bill. Can you... Yeah, now that she's got like two actually, extra rooms built in, the electricity bill is probably a lot higher. That's crazy, actually, because I would love to see, like, I would love to see how many people uh, are like the stats on how many people actually got their houses renovated like that and then sold it immediately after the show was over. <laughs> like, just yeah, like put it on the market. That'd be smart, man. Because staying in house like this is that, all like, custom made, yeah. like completely custom, and like, it has. There's a reason we weren't yeah. living like that before. Yeah, <laughs> it's exactly yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. Like. The mortgage probably did go way up, and they probably yeah. couldn't afford. Because I, you know, some people did keep the probably, house, but there people who couldn't afford the house after they that kept it. That whole neighborhood, their value probably went up just for being across the street from yeah, that. Exactly. Thing. Yeah, I haven't thought about that show in so long until you started talking that's about actually, this proposition. That's actually good that you brought that up. Though. Yeah. yeah, it's really relevant. It, I think that I think it's a, it's a worthy. I think what do you got to lose? Like literally, how much is it going to cost? Not that much. It's almost the like the, the different a change in perspective is hum, humongous. Yeah, especially like when it comes to growth if you're gonna bridge the gap you gotta meet somewhere exactly that's what i'm saying that's what i'm thinking if you're gonna bridge a gap you gotta meet in the middle right or you gotta meet on both ends and then start working towards getting to the middle to build the bridge yeah proper opportunity is priceless absolutely yeah Yeah. both both groups would come into agreement they both have a game yeah Yeah. because it also works on the the cultural level because you're getting thrown into a different culture. Like yeah, different you're, you're feeling like a fish out of water. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you signed up for it, so you, most people are going to have the pride enough to stick through it. You know what I mean? So yeah, that's actually a really good proposition. Yeah, I would. But I think doing that and also implementing because we can do both. Right? You know, get a coalition together. Like we can. I, I would love it. I would call it the uh, Salamander Program. You're either gonna blend in with your surroundings, or you're gonna be a dead giveaway. Yeah. You mean like that's chameleon. what it is? Salamander, chameleon, same well, salamanders, thing. Salamanders. I I could be wrong, but I don't think salamanders can blend into their environment. Except they're just like inherently that's where they live. Well, just... well, some of them are are born different colors and they can blend in with like leaves of the surrounding terrain. And when they're brought somewhere different, they just stand out a whole lot. Yeah. Well, you there's know, some I'm not animals knock on that are. Analogy. If you like salamanders, I like salamanders. Yeah, yeah. There's some animals that just blend with their environment. Like I know you've seen uh, like a praying mantis or certain types of frogs that just. Everything around them is designed just like their body's designed. Yeah. So when you take them and you put them somewhere they don't belong, they just stand out that much more. Yeah. Yeah, like if you see a penguin up in Hawaii, that stands out to you a lot more than seeing a penguin over there in Antarctica. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good proposition. Dude, I love this. See, this is this is 
I just I, I don't know if we're yeah well we got like we got like ten minutes on this one already I'm, yeah, yeah we just dude, started like dude, thirty minutes been, dude the flow with you guys man the flow is awesome and yes, what I, I want to yeah. what I really 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 want to say is about this is like I love this and this is what we need more of you know like come together for the ideas yeah, right yeah. yeah. Because That's exactly what we're talking about. We're looking on the news, and all we're seeing is these so this One superficial sided. and and very extreme things. This is what needs to happen, and I think it's just playing on people's emotions. It's manipulative it really and it's disingenuous. Because there are people who are we're sitting here, three guys that are not the smart. Uh, I'm not. I don't consider myself the smartest Neither person or like knowledgeable, right? Yeah. On stuff, and we we have a pretty genuine ideas. Yes, they they could take work. And they, they, we could fine tune these ideas, but on like from what I, what I'm looking at, and I think that if people that are actually knowledgeable, and like, like people that are in the 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 fields that actually matter, that that actually affect things, got together, threw away their biases, threw away all their, you know, their, their superficial stuff, and just came together like this. That's where you would start seeing real change, and I think that there's got there's there's there has to be reasons why that hasn't happened. People aren't being genuine and actually. It's just, it's, just, yeah. it's just false information on media, you know. Yeah, yeah. That's a, that's the thing that people aren't like really like uh, pushed to find information out for themselves. Mm-hmm. That's a huge thing. People need to what like get out their comfort zone more and intermix with Man. like other cultures and stuff. I mean, granted, it's really hard. Yeah, it's easy to do, but it's hard because you have to get over your own nerves and your own fears and stuff like that. But it's not it's yeah. not hard to like. For someone who's like who's mostly comes from the country to like walk up to like someone from the city, and ask them like about their livelihood and show them around and what their life is like and whatnot. Yeah, I'm so glad that you brought that up. Um, as a treat to the audience, if you're someone who uses Uncle Tom as an insult, I want to just read off the definition to you real quick because oh, I thought patience. it was I thought it was uh, really awesome. <laughs> And you know, if you get anything from this, you should be educated on what uh, what Uncle Tom the true meaning is. So, Uncle Tom is a Christian figure and hero portrayed in the book Uncle Tom's Cabin. Uncle Tom is ultimately martyred, being beaten to death by a cruel master, simply because Tom has a sacrificial heart for others and refuses to portray the location of two black women who have escaped from slavery. At the bottom, it quotes the book. It talks about how he's savagely beaten, how the master is questioning him, like, where are these women? And he's saying that, you know, you have to kill me. I'm not going to tell you. He ends up dying because he sacrifices himself for them, for their freedom. Um, At the bottom, it says, I would assume the majority of black people representing the black race who call them who call members of their same race, Uncle Tom's, have never read the book, nor have they acted heroically to save lives from harm. They would learn fine quality traits from this humble man of God represented in the fictional character form who is willing to sacrifice his own life to protect (coughs) others. So that's there you go. That's the real definition. That is and a the misher- definition. Yeah, that is it. Like in the book, he's a fictional character who gives his life to save two African American women who ah, saving two black women who escaped slavery. All right, he he's saving two escaped slaves by uh, not giving up their location. He knows exactly where they are. He is being pressed, and he is willing to die for the chance for them to get away. Did he have hatred in his heart towards his master? Not at all. And that's why he had a heart of God yeah, in the that's book. What I'm saying like yeah. actual true Christianity. That's what Jesus did. 
Yeah. He didn't have any animosity towards the people. He actually died for everybody. Exactly. It's and to save. Yeah. To save. Right. So that no one wants to die a martyr. Right. No. But he sometimes was literally it, living. Sometimes it'd be like yeah. that, though. Yeah. It, all, it, all a martyr is and is someone have, dying for their the beliefs. Like, yeah, dying for something they believe yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. Being a Christian is, is is at least having the peace. If that does it does come to that, you That's have the peace and you don't have though. animosity and hate animosity and hatred in your heart towards your your accost the people that are actually trying to kill you. Yeah. You don't hate yeah. them. You, it's like forgive them. But for their lack of knowledge, that that really does bring a big deal because like that, Jesus' that, last word is like, "Forgive yeah. them, Father, for they know not what they do." Yeah, yeah. and they didn't say they're stupid. He said it, they just that's know the not. Crazy thing they about know it. not what they do. The ignorance. No, but that's the crazy thing about it is how on earth did this fictional character become an insult toward Black Americans who are against your ideals? How on earth does that happen? Because he's written into the book as as. A kind-hearted man who wants to see these two women escape and not have a life of bondage. And it's just wild to me that how do you take that and turn it from what it really is to what the insult is? Can I give you my perspective? Absolutely. Go this for is, it. This may be far-fetched to, to some listeners, but I wanted to use it. So try, let me try to use it as a symbolic nature, all right? So the difference, the, the reason why Satan or Lucifer, yeah. or however you want to yeah. say it, is looked as He's lesser, no. obviously, <laughs> the fallen one, the one that's pushed down. And the the deal is, in biblical like terms, is that he cannot create anything. All he can do is pervert what's already created. So look at... I did not know look that. At, yeah. Yes, look at sex, yeah. right? God mm-hmm. created it. It's beautiful. When yeah. you're in love with somebody, and that's it's your, that's your ride or die, yeah. right? That is the most beautiful thing ever, yeah. right? What is it now? Born. Right? In, yeah. in secular culture, what is it now? So now, look at look at music, which was what Lucifer was the his main deal. Yeah. Right? He was the choir director. He was the most beautiful of all the angels. Yeah. And he was the choir director in music. That was his deal. So yeah. now, look at music. How that's does that affect he, it? That's a huge influence in black community. Right yeah. Now. It's like real right? perverted stuff, like a lot of nudity yeah. and stuff like that, and then like mistreatment of like men and women. So too. they mm-hmm. took a hero yeah. and perverted him into this. Uh, betrayal nature the the exact opposite of what he was in the story mm-hmm. they took his name and they turned it into the exact opposite yeah, a complete so, polar opposite of what he really is in this culture now like it, it almost seems like monogamy is starting to look like a counterculture yeah it's starting to fade away it seems right like- yeah heterosexuality as well we're becoming the minority group they even have a term called cisgender which means you just identify as the sex you were born and that's wild. You would need another label for that. Yeah. That they have to find a way to make it sound not normal. Like that's your choice to identify what you were born as. And it's just a way of dividing us up. And it's it's just not going in a very healthy direction. Yeah. Uh, so socially, it seems like it's a huge trap too. Yeah. Well, everything's pushed this way like at me and stuff like to, that. And people are just falling table. for it. Yeah. Like, like, it, like it, it comes out. It's crazy, man. I think it's like much more like a super far left ideas too. Yeah. So like they come, they bring they bring an idea out, and it seems like it's, it's the idea itself seems like it's including like other yeah. groups, but it's in good act, on paper. Yeah, it's good on paper. In actuality, it's dividing people up even more. Yeah. So we have a, it was like say for example, you know, you have eight, you have eight things separating all these people, and then they come out with like the, with like different like sex terms and whatnot, and then boom, it's like sixteen, thirty two, 
different like classifications and that just right. the divides people push people farther away and everything the, every single one of them are valid yeah but they're not because like be, li- literally if you lived into a, a super relative society so relativism right so yeah. the definition of relativism is like everyone's everyone's opinion is valid yeah right that's in its nature completely false of course and ridiculous right because that's like there there's there's, and it's this has been debated forever and it's so obvious but i don't know why people still like so like moral relativism Mm. and just like ideology just i like religious relativism so like every religion has its validity when they obviously contradict that is not possible there's like it's not logical it makes no sense and that yeah. causes more and more and more and more and more division. Like you said, it, it keeps dividing. It keeps yeah. dividing so it's upon not, itself. It's not healthy in the long run. So no, uh, it causes so much division to where everything will crumble. There so is no foundation there's, at there's that There's actually, point. there's it's a like story. It's like building a kingdom on sand. Yeah. There's a, there's a story that I want to talk about. Um, gosh, let me, let me just recollect completely. Uh, so I have, I have a relative... And they have uh, three children, okay? They have three sons. And they were struggling really badly. They had a limited amount of food. So every day, they would uh, make their children dinner. And they would all have the same portion size. They would all have the same amount of, mo- uh, of food on their plate. And they would all eat. And they would all go to bed. And they would keep doing it that way. One of their children was underweight. He was very skinny. The other two were completely normal boys. They would eat, and their metabolism would keep up with them. They would stay at a fair weight. But one of them was just the scrawniest little thing. So he took him to a doctor, and the doctor says that you need to up his portion size. He's not going to keep up. You know, his metabolism works a lot faster. He needs more food if you want him to get to the weight of your other children. So as a parent, they're thinking that, okay, this son needs extra attention they're lacking what the other children are so i need to make sure i give them extra so with that being said they would make dinner and his portion would be greater than the other two and uh, whenever they would get mad whenever they would be upset they'd be like well he can't eat the same things that you he has to eat more than you because his body requires more you know his body's lacking He's going through something that you wouldn't be able to understand. So he needs more than you do. And they're struggling too. That like this is this is coming out of their pocket. They're having to buy more food to keep up with this kid's weight. And it it, it created a struggle. They they felt like this child had favoritism put against him. And the excuse was, well, you know, his he needs it. You know, like he he's been struggling more than you have. He needs it. And it became a problem because they would just keep upping the portion and upping the portion because they didn't know when enough was enough. They didn't know. The doctor didn't specify how much extra he needed. And eventually they were feeding their kid double the amount of the other two boys. And that created a lot of hostility between those siblings. And they ended up actually gaining a ton of weight and getting fat. So... I just wanted to tell that story. It really doesn't have any meaningful ending or anything like that. But it reminds me of this situation of this group of people who felt like they were struggling and they need this extra attention. They need 
first they want to start off and catch up with us. They want legal marriage for homosexuality. They want just as many rights as we have. And they, they want to be on our level, which is fine. But now that they've gotten to that level, we're pushing more and more onto them. We're giving more to their portions. We're giving them uh, privileges that even the regular person doesn't have. We're giving them things that benefit just that group, but we get the short end of the stick. And it's just like, when will it stop? When will the limit be before these people get fat? And the other two are going to be skinny, just like he was before. Mm. That's a damn good observation. I didn't think about that, too. Yeah, that like, parable was pretty good. I like the parable. I understand I think the that, big spectrum. Because it's, it's funny, too, because, so, like, the LGBT community, LGBTQ. LGBTQ. Yeah, yeah, plus, right? Like, they haven't been around, like, as long as, like, the black community in general, but they've gained, yeah. they've gained a lot more respect in, like, general society than the black community have, too. It's what being, it's what's and being they're covered more diverse socially yeah. as well. You have gay fashion designers. Yeah. You have some powerful homosexual people. They have a, they have a wide variety, and they have more diversity than the black community. They have all races. They have all social groups. They're worldwide. You know, you could... Spread sexuality a lot more than you could spread race. That's just something you're born with. And even though they say you're born gay, it seems like they've grown a lot more than other communities that are facing their issues. I love that topic, but I gotta stop you guys because we get we this. Let's write that down because we can definitely have that to be our next topic. Because I have a lot to say on that. I think all of us do. And I think to really supplement that topic in general is first to say that n- n- everyone here is open-minded. Yeah, all absolutely. Right? And we love people, okay? We don't care what you, what you've got in between your legs or what you want to be in between your legs. There's there's a there's things questions that I have regards to that, but it's all out of genuine curiosity and love, regardless. All right, and I think that everybody here agrees with that. Yeah, We're just talking about the social impacts. And and how uh, how society is being run. That's what I think. Like what we were going to talk major about, thing, right? Yeah. When it comes to that. So, but anyway, if you liked this podcast episode, please submit an answer or a critique or a question, right, to this topic or all the either either episodes topic. You can email the the podcast email is lostoutpodcast at yahoo.com <laughs> i know for some reason i was gonna say no i was gonna say i was gonna give my own personal email there. oh, <laughs> oh my God. i was like wait i don't oh, want that no. it's Man. like mike jones giving his own personal phone number yeah most everybody can find me on facebook anyway because i already say my name is drink aspers yeah. so they probably find me but yeah email the for podcast specifics email lost podcast at yahoo.com you can find this episode on spotify and itunes and I could put it on SoundCloud, but SoundCloud is kind of like a thing that I throw out for friends that don't want to wait till their episode comes live and to show their friends. So not all the episodes are on there. It's only specific between those people. But for sure, you can go to my website, Lost Out Podcast at... Bomb-ass website. Yeah, lostoutpodcast.com. 
and you can listen to all the episodes that I have on there and then read my bio and see my pictures so you can see my face unless you yeah. stalk me on Facebook or something like that. But yeah, do that. Go yep. to Spotify or go to iPodcast. It's iPodcast now. So if you go to if you don't know how to get to podcasts, it's not <laughs> iTunes because if you go to iTunes, it's only music. But iPodcast is on your phone. It's already previously <laughs> downloaded if you have an iPhone. And if you don't have that, get a Spotify account and listen to my podcast. And then share it with your friends. Do that. That's it. <laughs> as far as my outro. So let, uh, I want to hear Kendrick and Brown send us off. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, thanks for coming to the Last Hour Podcast. You uh, enjoy your weekend. If we, so cool. if, we, if, if we start selling merch, will you guys buy it? Like sweatpants and stuff? Because <laughs> we're, we're so comfortable giving our opinion that it would be natural that we sell comfort wear. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm down yeah, with that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's been a while since I had a really good quality hoodie, man. All right, so if we do end up doing that, yeah, go ahead and send that send that answer to the to the email. Send the answer to the Lost Owl Podcast or just Lost Owl Podcast at yahoo.com and say yes, you would buy merch or not. All right. Anyway, thanks you guys for tuning in. We'll see you guys next time. Bye bye. <laughs>